good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 9.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is the 15th of October. Thank you for joining me. Inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act begins. gentlemen i hope everybody so far is having a good weekend it is saturday night the 15th of october now a few things have been happening friday i guess would just you know really be the really full day of the inquiry into the use of the Federal Emergency Act, which by law, this inquiry has to go ahead when such an emergency act is invoked by the government. Now, this was all back from, you know, back in February or January and February, the so-called Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, the capital of Canada. How did we get here? To be now talking about if the Federal Emergency Act should have been invoked. Now, this so called Freedom Convoy went on for a little more than three weeks. And the heart of it was in Ottawa. Yes, we've had uh, more smaller downscaled protest over, um, you know, the the, the federal mandates and, and the provincial mandates, you know, throughout this pandemic. Um, blockading the ambassador bridge, which links, um, Canada. Uh, to Detroit, Michigan. Another another one was in uh, Coots, Alberta. That was they were blocking the um, the crossing between Canada and the United States, and other small ones, you know, um, around Ontario and, and parts of Canada, but not at the magnitude that it was in Ottawa, the very first beginning, the very first weekend of that protest, when officially when everybody arrived on the 29th of January, uh, of January, they were over 3000 trucks and over 15,000 people. Now, some of the protesters on that very first weekend 
you know, it didn't really, it wasn't, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things that they did and, and a couple of things that they did, um, they were, um, jumping up and down on the tomb of the unknown soldier. They were defecating on the war memorial. They were defacing the Terry Fox statue. They're, they were harassing and assaulting people who worked at the homeless shelter nearby because they were demanding food. So that did, that did, that really did not really, you know, it looked bad for them. You know, and, and the backlash um, that they started to get. And the organizers of the so-called Freedom Convoy didn't condone any of it. Not like they got up there with their megaphones and say, hey, listen, people, we don't do those things. We're not here to do those things. No, they didn't do that. Now, the argument really to, you know, that well, this inquiry really, it's not, it's not a, a criminal court. Right. It's to get to the bottom of things, you know, so people can have their say. We have the businesses from downtown Ottawa at this inquiry. We have the the residents who were personally affected by this so-called protest. The Ottawa Police Department, the provincial government, federal government, a couple of the organizers um, are are going to be um, in Ottawa for this hearing. Now, just a little bit about um these people these um organizers hold on for a second So the first ringleader of this Karen carnival that took place in Ottawa is Tamara Lynch. Well, who is this individual? Well, she's an activist. She's a far right activist and she was also, uh, she also uh, got together with people um, of the yellow vest. These people are also activists. Pat King, he's a conspiracy theorist. He spreads uh, disinformation. And he's also been on social media platforms like YouTube with all his racial comments. 
these are just a couple of the individuals that they want people to believe that we're here for your freedom. We're going to get your freedom back. We never lost our freedom. People in North Korea don't have freedom. People in China don't have freedom. People in Russia don't have freedom. So what the hell are they talking about freedom? Also that we don't have to wear masks anymore. And we can just go on about our business. No more lockdowns, no more any of this stuff, you know. Now, throughout this whole period of about a little over three weeks of this of this Karen carnival, from bouncy castles to hot tubs, I can't make that shit up. I can't. Because that was there. They had the big tent. They had uh, uh, a place where, where, you know, bands could play. These protesters, even the truckers that were there harassing, intimidating the residents and disturbing the residents of Ottawa with blaring of their horns all day and most of the night until finally a residence was able to get a court injunction to stop the horn blaring. And it took a resident to do that, not the mayor of Ottawa, not the police department of Ottawa, not the government, a resident. They had even made, from the early get-go of this Karen Carnival in Ottawa back in January, February, these organizers made it very clear that they were not going to leave until all mandates and restrictions were lifted. Now, throughout this, throughout the, you know, the first full two years of, of this pandemic, governments, health officials already had timelines in place when things would move forward, when things would get lifted. Now, just recently, the beginning of October, the federal government lifted all the federal mandates on the 1st of October of this year. And to think that these these organizers, these protesters of this Karen Carnival, that they were going to remain in Ottawa blockading the roadways in adjacent streets, harassing and intimidating people. Do you think they're going to allow them to write all the way up to October now? Do you think they're going to allow them to be doing that? 
you know, one of the organizers, Tamara Lynch, thought she could, you know, form a coalition government with 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 the uh, Governor General of Canada. That's that's just unheard of. It can't be done. The governor general isn't part of the government. It's a title. For dignitaries that come to Canada, she takes care of them. When the queen came to Canada or any royal members of the royal royal family from Britain came to Canada, she would take care of them. That's her job. She doesn't have a seat in Parliament. So where they get this idea that, oh, we can just form a coalition with the Governor General and, and we can overthrow the Liberal government. And, you know, I don't know where the little pea brains are at, but just not possible. Now, Oh, we're still here. Would you look at that? So anyways, yeah. So now this um, inquiry um, is taking place in Ottawa. So how we got here. And, you know, with people, you know, saying, oh, you know what, the government, the federal government can't invoke the Federal Emergency Act. It wasn't necessary for them to invoke it. Well, first and foremost, They, they, they can, and, and the reasons they can, you know, for, for you know, um, one, public disorder, public disobedience, war, just to name a couple of, of how the government can invoke the Federal Emergency Act. Now, this Federal Emergency Act came about in 1988. It replaced the War Act. Justin, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, his father, when he was Prime Minister of Canada, He invoked the War Act in 1970. 
because of the public disorder and the violence in Quebec. And that also called in the military. But not this time. We stopped short of using the military for assistance of clearing this Karen Carnival up. Now, of course, with this Federal Emergency Act, it does give the government extraordinary and unprecedented authorities. One, they can freeze the assets and bank accounts of the organizers. They can stop, they can stop all GoFundMe platforms and they can freeze any of that money. They also can have the tow truck companies remove the vehicles. And the tow truck companies wouldn't have a say in the matter. Yeah, we could have used the military, we could have used the, the military for their heavy equipment that they have to move these big rigs. It gave the, the, the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the powers to operate in the provincial territory. And it also gave the government those, those extraordinary other powers to that We can have members from all, all police forces across Canada to emerge onto Ottawa to clear these protesters, which they always refuse to leave. See, ladies and gentlemen, you can't block, you can't blockade a roadway. You can't use your vehicle or other objects and pull into an intersection and just block it. You can't block bridges, port of entries. You can't block railroad tracks. You can't intimidate, you cannot harass, and you cannot assault people. So where was there a legal protest in this matter when they were doing all the above? You can't prevent other people from using other public spaces. 
But these protesters and these organizers think otherwise. You know, residents of, of this, of Ottawa, they, they took, um, You know, they they were really the first to to take um, the stand in this inquiry. You know, even a couple of the city councillors have told the public inquiry probing the federal government's use of the federal emergency powers to end last winter's protest convoy occupation of downtown Ottawa. There was a general sense of fear, terror, and dismay that they felt abandoned by the city and by their police. We had the Public Order Emergency uh, Commission is reviewing the circumstances that led up to the government's decision to invoke the act. We have stories from the residents that they feared leaving their homes. They were harassing and in, in, uh, intimidating paramedics. They couldn't get to their appointments. And businesses at the time in the downtown area, they, they were they were allowed to open up. And they couldn't. The center town mall in the downtown Ottawa had to close its doors. Now you imagine all those stores in that mall, all those employees. And this said, and they, you know, they're, and this is now they are interfering in, in the in the rights of people to go to work, open up their businesses, and they couldn't even do that. And they talk about freedom; they don't even know what the fucking word means. And today, the, these people who are speaking out at this inquiry, who were in directly in the line of fire of these protesters, and the men, and the mental anguish that they had to endure, and 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 the mental anguish that they're still reeling with. Months later,
Residents describe feeling trapped and their testimonies. One of the residents said, I found myself trapped. She was one of the first people to testify. She testified that she has trouble with her eyesight. Said the protester who blocked streets and filled the air with fumes. Imagine diesel engine trucks, transport trucks. I drive a transport truck. You've got over 3,000 trucks idling, blaring their air horns, the fumes filling the air. She felt trapped and helpless. You know, she takes pride in her independence and she relies on sounds like crosswalk signals to get around in her daily life. She also uses the food, the food delivery services in, in taxis. That changed when the convoy rolled into town. The experience of helplessness. And especially in the event of the horn blowing was so loud and continuous. There was absolutely no place for me to go in my own house. To escape. This is just a couple stories, ladies and gentlemen, and there's more to come. You know, I get it. You know, people, you know, you know, for, I mean, with, with these, with these organizers, you know, they, I mean, they, they have a right to counsel, you know, they have a right to get counseling. I mean, they should get counseling, some mental counseling. You know, I, and, and their, and, and their representatives, you know, um, talking about, you know, um, oh, the government took our freedom away and all this bullshit. You know, in the Charter Rights and Freedoms of Canada, and at the very beginning of the Charter Rights and Freedoms of Canada, it even states in there, and I can't make this shit up because I look it up because I, you know what? I'm not going to say something I'm not sure about. I'm going to look it up and find out what exactly what it says. So the Charter Rights and Freedoms, and it says your Charter Rights and Freedoms are not absolute. And by saying that, the government has to prove and has to have reasonable grounds Well, pandemic comes to mind. In case it doesn't, you know, in a, in a democracies in countries around the world, around the world with democracies, the government has a sworn duty to protect its citizens. 
just in case you didn't know that. Yeah, people aren't going to like what government does sometimes. I don't like what the government does sometimes. You probably don't like what your government does sometimes. That's just the way it is. And we vote, we either get change or we don't get change. We get the same shit different day. Whether it would have been the, 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 the liberal federal government or the conservative federal government or the NDP federal government, at some point in time, that Karen Carnival in Ottawa would have been broken up and it would have been the use of the Federal Emergency Act. You know, even the mayor of Ottawa will be testifying sometime this week coming. The Prime Minister of Canada. Members of of all security, a head of security, will be testifying. Even people from the big three automakers. Now, before the Federal Emergency Act was invoked, Ontario, uh, the, the Premier of Ontario, I don't want to get these two people confused, we got a Premier of Ontario and we got the Prime Minister of Canada. So the Premier of Ontario invoked the, the, the uh, Provincial Emergency Act. And people say, oh, we, oh, they didn't use the Federal Emergency Act to, to clear out the protesters from the Ambassador Bridge. I mean, there was a whole lot of, what, what, fucking 50 people? Com- compared to anywhere from fifteen from 1,500 to 2,000 people? There's a big difference here. And yes, they did use police officers from different areas. Not just the Windsor Police Department at the Ambassador Bridge. They had police officers from all over. The same with the Coots Alberta crossing. Where they were able to, and, and thank God, you know, the, 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 uh, the RCMP, um, you know, they discovered that in those trailers of those trucks were weapons, ammunition, body armor in Coots, Alberta. Four or five people are facing attempted murder charges. I mean, these protesters were willing to shoot the police in Coots, Alberta.
These people are saying, oh, that it wasn't necessary for the Federal Emergency Act to be invoked. Oh, why? Because you don't live in Ottawa? The noise didn't bother you? You weren't being harassed, intimidated, and fucking assaulted? So that's why it shouldn't have been invoked? Oh, you could have just went in there and asked them politely to leave, like so many times that they were asked politely to leave. And they would just leave. No, they made it very clear that they weren't going anywhere. Hold the line, they would holler. Hold the line. I said, what took so long? Part of this inquiry too, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, even even from the media, you know, um, what they saw coming, what they were reporting on. The largest convoy of protesters was coming from Alberta. And it's from Alberta to, to Ontario, Ottawa, it's about a four and a half day drive. Other parts of Ontario and Quebec, smaller versions of protesters, truck drivers, whatever, were making their way to Ottawa. Now, they, now you know, you know the government, the Ottawa Police Services. You know they can't sit there and say, "Oh, we didn't know. We didn't know." You know, um, the scale of the vehicles. It was on the news every single night while these people were making their way across the country. You could see how big this was. You could see, and even even if you had half a brain, you you could see that this was going to be a problem. Now, nobody says you can't protest because in in democracy, you can protest. You can have a peaceful protest. You can say your peace and then you go home. Generally, it's a weekend thing. Over the weekend, you know, people go, you know, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada is the capital of Canada and that's you know, if people are disgruntled on what the government does, that's where they go to protest. And then they go home. Like I said, these, these people, Tamara Lich, a far-right activist, Pat, Patrick King, 
conspiracist. And he's also a racist. And I can say that because I've watched his video YouTube videos on YouTube. And with his racial remarks that he makes. And he sure loves to spread this and he loves to spread disinformation. Chris Barber is just, he's just a truck driver. He gets caught up in the, in, in, in these far right activists. Well, that's, that's, that's a him problem. He got arrested. Tamara Lynch got arrested. Pat King got arrested. Several of them got arrested. Facing criminal charges. You know, and throughout that time as well, we had protests. You know, people were protesting in front of hospitals. They were blocking the emergency entrances. They were harassing and intimidating doctors, nurses, patients going into the hospital. Now we have a law that if you intimidate or harass medical personnel, you will be charged criminally. It's pretty sad when you have people doing things like that. You know, to harass somebody or intimidate somebody, it was like a misdemeanor. But no, now it's criminal. You know, I still see periodically, not as much as I did, you know, um, back in January and February, but I still see you know, the odd vehicle with freedom on it. And uh, I see one every single morning on my way to work. You know, he's got the Confederate flag and the Canadian flag, you know, sticking up the ass of his, of his pickup truck. And I'm thinking to myself, what a fucking idiot. Just because mandates have been lifted at this point in time, like all the mandates and restrictions are lifted here in Canada. It doesn't mean they're gone. If things start to worsen throughout the fall in the winter months, they could bring back the mass mandates 
that you'd have to wear masks in all public places all, or all public buildings. See, Alberta, they, <laughs> I was reading this article the other day. This is like, this is so pathetic. It isn't funny. They have a new premier of Alberta. Uh, she must be, she must be anti-government too. Uh, how can a politician be anti-government, you ask? How could that even be fucking possible? She claims that the unvaccinated were the most discriminated against that she's seen in her entire life. I was reading this article, I'm going, what the fuck did she just say? That the unvaccinated were the most discriminated against. Than anybody. What, they were more discriminated than blacks? They were more discriminated against than than the indigenous people? They were more discriminated against people from Asia. They were more discriminated against uh, people from the Middle East. I mean, this th- that's your brain on crack. Ladies and gentlemen, when people, when, when she, when, when people say like that, I swear to God, this woman is on drugs. And she's supposed to be a politician. And she refuses to to apologize. And she's going to fire the top doctor of Alberta. And she's not going to have any lockdowns if this shit gets out of hand again, stuff like that. So obviously she doesn't give a shit about the most vulnerable people. She doesn't give a shit about the doctors and nurses. She doesn't give a shit if the hospitals get all overwhelmed like they are still today. I'm glad she's not my premier because I tell you what, I'd be knocking on her office door and ask her what the fuck is wrong with you. You know how many, you know how many groups are just really upset with that comment? that the unvaccinated was the most discriminated against that she's ever seen in her entire life. You know how many people she upset? And she's not going to apologize. Unbelievable. And then you wonder why we have problems like this when you get the far-right extremists and the unvaccinated people bitching and fucking complaining. You didn't want to get vaccinated. That's that's your choice. But don't go freaking boohooing. Oh, I can't get into the restaurant. I can't go do this. I can't go do that. That's your choice. You chose what you want to do.
because over 80% of the Canadians out here chose to roll up their sleeves and do the right thing. The trucking industry. So now we have all the, we have, so during this protest, we got all these blockades going on, you know, at the border crossing. Now we got truckers and protesters blocking anybody like Canadians, because that's who, who, could, who all could come into the country at the time. Essential workers, truck drivers who are vaccinated coming back into Canada are now being blocked by their fellow Canadians and their fellow truckers. Because why, you chose not to get vaccinated? So you take it out on everybody else? Oh, they cried. All these truckers, they cried. Oh, the government took my job away from me. I can't work anymore. You know how much domestic work in the trucking industry there is? I don't cross the border anymore. I haven't crossed the border in years. It's one of those industries that we have a shortage of workers and we need workers. There wasn't any shortage of work and they wanted you to believe that they couldn't work because the federal mandates on vaccines. They wanted you to cry them a river. Hell, they wanted you to cry them an ocean. Or maybe shed a little tear for them. I'm a trucker myself and I sure what the fuck was going to fucking cry for them. You know, 90% of the trucking industry were vaccinated. And how they know this, because the trucking company is it going to risk sending a driver into the United States if they weren't vaccinated only to come back to have to quarantine for 14 days? So the trucking companies weren't prepared to do that. So this is how they know that 90% of the industry was vaccinated. And you had that, that fringe that weren't And they're the only ones that were bitching. This inquiry into the federal, into the use of the Federal Emergency Act is big. I mean, it is freaking big. When a government has to resort to such an act. And yes, by law, there has to be an inquiry for the use of the Federal Emergency Act. 
Now I had it. Um, I had it. Oh, did I do that right? Of course I didn't. Let's see what comes up here. So give you a kind of an idea here, ladies and gentlemen, what is Canada's Federal Emergency Act? A summary of the laws and powers it uses. Now, for someone, so the prime, so anyways, the prime minister, Justin Trudeau kicked off the of the debate in Parliament and the government's decision to invoke the Emergency Act on February 14th to to end the blockades and the occupations that are illegal. You know, so I mean the... uh, um, So I mean the government, you know, they they had to hold hearings about it. They... They um, had to vote on the use of the act. And uh, in order to get that, that okay to um, invoke the act, they only needed the NDP party. And they got that. And they got a couple of votes from the other parties of people who wanted in those parties to vote. As well. So it got passed got passed through the House and it got passed through the Senate. I mean, you know, the, the, the Conservative Party of Canada, they, they, they get this new leader uh, for the conserv- federal Conservative Party. They get this new leader. Well, he's not new to politics. I mean, he's not, he's not new to Ottawa or anything like that, you know. But he was out there supporting This Karen Carnival. Out there shaking their hands and feeling sorry for them. Until one of them recently, on a, on a drunken stupid, on his, on, on his media channel, saying that his wife should be raped. And back in February and January, these are the type of people that he was supporting. These are who these people are, these type of people out there. When you take off the mask, you see who people, who they really are. 
So what do you do? You know? And I never, I never liked this, this leader of, of this conservative party anyways, because, you know, he was, he was too far right. He really was. And he still is. I would never vote for him. Ever. Now, I'm in, I'm really, you know, I'm really interested in, in hearing, you know, um, this Karen, you know, the people, the organizers of this Karen carnival, I'm really interested what they have to say. I mean, what kind of stupid shit is going to come out of their mouth? Because that's what's going to come out of their mouth is some really stupid shit. Really some stupid, twisted shit. And how they could justify that blockades and harassing and intimidating people, somehow that's legal. I don't even think they can even define legal. You know, it, it's 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 interesting because, you know, when it comes to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, I mean, you know, in general, you know, our, our, our rights and freedoms in a democracy, you know, it's funny that, you know, you know, these, these far-right extremists, they only pick things out of the charter that they feel that applies to them. And one thing that they're going to pick out of the charter of rights and freedoms is the right to protest. Well, yes, of course. But what they fail to do is to check out what's legal and what's illegal. Or they thought it didn't matter. Well, that just doesn't matter. We don't have to we don't have to look at that part. That don't matter. We can just we can just go there and raise cane and, and 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 harass and intimidate people and you know we can we can have we can have the truckers blow their 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 air horns 24 7 you know we can have our bouncy castles we can have our hot tubs we can have our we can have our demands you know hey wait a minute the governor general hey we can form a coalition with the governor general and then we can overthrow the, the, the liberal federal party. I mean, where did they even come up with that? 
you know, this is, this is really, you know, I mean, it just shows how, how, um, inept these organizers are. You know, even, you know, when it, I mean, still, when it, you know, when it comes to our mobility rights, you know, I have the right to go to any province or territory in Canada, live, work, and play. But I can't infringe on other people's mobility rights. And that's what they were also doing. in this Karen Carnival. Infringing on the mobility rights of the people of downtown Ottawa and the businesses where people couldn't go down there to work. And that was their right. See, we all have the same thing they have. Somehow they've just come up with some something like the, I mean the definition the definition of freedom. We didn't have our freedom taken away here in Canada. Being restricted and having your freedoms taken are two different things. Having your freedoms taken away from you means that you have no rights and freedoms. That never happened. Right. So section six. Right. Protects the rights of Canadian citizens, citizens to move from place to place. Not according to these organizers and these protesters down in Ottawa, you couldn't move place to place down there. We have we have the liberty and security of, of all persons. Well, people didn't feel all that security, being harassed and intimidated. It's absolutely ridiculous. And when I say, you know, 
it's going to be really interesting when when these organizers and the only i've only heard of the two um that are there i mean there was something like 10 organizers of this karen carnival back in january february but two so far are at this inquiry in ottawa i mean they wanted uh back we see the inquiry was supposed to start in september but it didn't kick off until just recently this well just the other day and these organizers tamara lynch and pat king and chris barber and a handful of others see right now there's there's this five million dollars that's in escrow and it's being held by the courts because there is a pending class action lawsuit against these organizers see that was monies that the government was able to seize from these organizers when they enacted the federal uh, the federal emergency act from the gold you know they got the money from the from uh really only they only got money from um the grow uh the grow fund me not give send go so so something like five million dollars so these organizers for for so they're saying that for in order for us to be at this hearing because they have standing what that means is they have the right to be at this inquiry and they have the right to take the stand and they have the right to ask questions right they were seeking four hundred and fifty thousand dollars of that money held in escrow for lawyer fees accommodations and food i'm thinking to myself first of all this was taken from you it's not yours so what gives you the right that you think you have the right to this money If you had the right to the money, they wouldn't have taken the money. You didn't have the right to the money. I don't think they got it. I've never heard if they did because there's only two of the organizers there. Next to Merrill Lynch. That's to Merrill Lynch and uh, uh, Pat King. They're, that are in Ottawa at this inquiry. And yes, I think there's some, I think there's still like another eight. Maybe they'll show up at some point in time. You know, you don't have to be there for the, you know, it's going to be six weeks. You know, for, for everybody to be heard and for everybody to say their piece. Six well, six to seven weeks, this inquiry is going to take place. Now, if they're, I mean, if these organizers are unable to read, someone can explain that to them. You don't need to be there for the whole 40 days. You only need to be there to testify. 
And the day you testify on, so you show up a couple of days before, before you testify. Oh, for them being there for the whole 40 days? I mean, what kind of a, what, so I mean, what are they, so what kind of a point are they trying to make? I don't know. I have no idea. The only point that they made during this Karen Carnival in January, February, is the only point that they made that they they were able to break the law. They didn't. They didn't accomplish anything. Nothing. They didn't accomplish a damn thing. And what made them think that they were going to stay put and dug in for as long as it takes for the federal government to, to, to lift mandates. And, and besides the federal government has nothing to do with the province. If the province, if the province, uh, you know, here in Ontario, for, we'll use, we'll use my province as a, as an example, if they have, Mandates and restrictions in place has nothing to do with the federal government. The federal government can't make them lift the mandates and restrictions. And neither can the province make the federal government do it. The last of the mandates and restrictions were federal and they were lifted on, on October the 1st. And that means anybody can come to Canada. Every international person can come to Canada. You can book your plane ticket and you can fly to Canada. So it makes it so they were going to stay for as long as it takes. What does that mean? They're going to stay there for a year? They're going to keep you know, they were going to cripple the city of Ottawa for a year. I mean, you have to have a half brain or you're half baked or you're fully baked. And you think you can do something like that. absolutely and crazy it's, it's 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 crazy it's just you know it's almost gonna be so you know when these organizers you know they take the stand it's gonna be like like watching uh you know a comedy that's what it's gonna be like i can only imagine what's gonna come out of their mouth Can't wait to hear it. Maybe hopefully sometime this week coming up, maybe the next week coming up. I don't know when they're going to take the stand. There's something like 70 witnesses 
that are going to take the stand at this inquiry. So whenever they get around to the organizers, I don't know. I don't know where they fit in of those 70 people who are going to be taking the stand over the course of six or seven weeks. Going to have to wait and see. I don't think it's going to, I don't think they're going to be on the stand very long because they're not going to really have much to say. These are people who are just far-right activists, anti-government, anti-this, anti-that. They don't vote. You know, they just want to bitch and complain. And that's what they did. They weren't standing up. They weren't standing up for my rights. I had all my rights. I didn't lose my rights. I didn't lose my, my, my rights and freedoms. They're only standing up for people who thought, you know, or people that, you know, you know, would follow them and, and believe what they're saying. You know, it's just like the it's just, it's just like the followers of, of, of Donald Trump. They believe every word that comes out of his mouth. And when you got people like Tamara Lynch, is far right activist, who's part of the yellow of the yellow vests. Then you got Pat King, uh, who spreads uh, disinformation and is a a conspiracy theorist. And he also well known for his racial comments. Those are the organizers of this Karen Carnival. Before this Karen Carnival, Pat King has got a he's got a long history of breaking the law. Being in jail when he got arrested in Ottawa, that wasn't his first rodeo. Tamara Lich, well, you know, she's just this little small woman, you know. Just getting messed up in the wrong shit. You know, it's just like you, you know, growing up when you, when we were kids and, you know, you, you know, you either, you, you either go with the bad group and get into trouble with the law or you follow the other groups there that, you know, they go to school every day, they get good grades, go to college, university, get a really good job, buy a home, start a family. You know, whatever parade you want to follow, that's your business. But there's consequences for our actions. And there's consequences for our choices that we make. And you're the one, if you make the choice of, of doing whatever, you, you're you the one who's going to suffer those consequences. 
right? And I'm not going to feel sorry for you one little bit. You choose. They chose. They chose their lifestyles. They want to be on the end. They want to be on the end of, of, of the far right activists. That's their problem. Don't make it our problem and don't make it the rest of your fellow Canadians problem because quite frankly, we don't fucking give a shit about you. They don't educate themselves on nothing. They take the charter and rights and freedoms for granted as though it's written in stone and it can't be changed. Sadly, they're wrong. Right? So, like I said, you know, in the very first part one, I mean, I don't know that they, they must have skipped part one, these organizers. They must have skipped part one of the, of the Charter Rights and Freedoms. It's a law set, set of laws containing the basic rules about how our, how our country operates. For example, um, it states that powers of the federal and provincial government and territorial governments in Canada. And all laws must be consistent with the rules set out in it. Right? And it also says that However, the rights and freedoms in the charter are not absolute. They can be limited to protect other rights or important national values. And for an example, freedom of freedom expression may be limited by laws. And we have those laws here when it comes to the freedom of expression. The laws against hate. We have hate laws in this country. We have we have hate speech laws in this country. And it also says, Section 1 of the Charter says that the Charter rights can be limited by law so long as those limits can be shown to be reasonable in a free and in a democratic society. So? How does that, how's that, how's that possible? How, how can, how can they be not, how can they be, they're not, they're not absolute. Well, the government has to show reasonable grounds of why 
you're going to be restricted. And when it comes to the health and welfare, and an illness, a virus, your charters and rights can be limited. Somehow they must not have read this this, this first part of, of the of the rights and freedoms, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms of Canada. They must have just, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, that, oh I don't like that one. No, 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 that can't, that can't work. No, I have to go find something else in here that, that you know, I, I, that I understand and, and, you know, that's what they do. They just go in there and they just pick and choose what applies to them. Well, you can't pick and choose, ladies and gentlemen. The Charters and Rights and Freedoms of Canada is the Charter and Rights of Freedoms for everybody in this country. They're not there for the choosing. You don't just pick and choose with the ones that, that you think, you know, that you only have to follow. The only things that the government can do. Everything else, everything else in the Charters and Rights and Freedoms of these people, ladies and gentlemen, doesn't somehow doesn't fucking apply to them. Just the just the parts that they pick and choose. You know, fuck everybody else. I can't, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I can't stand far-right extremists. One, they're brain dead. Right? It's like your 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 brain on drugs. And they know absolutely nothing. They only follow the conspiracy theories and the disinformation and they and, and they spread that shit. And it spreads like wildfire. And then they're thinking they come into cities and towns and villages and occupy it and cause a disturbance and harass and intimidate. This is what they do. Somehow, in their little pea brain, they think that's legal. And then somehow, they think that the government, when things, when the, when things get out of hand and it cannot be con- controlled by the local and law enforcement, they think that the government can't enact the Federal Emergency Act well, they did, and they got it shoved up their ass. And I think their lawyers have to take a long, good, hard look at themselves, too, because as far as I'm concerned, they're just as fucking as stupid as, as these activists are. Unfucking believable. You know, they, oh, no, the government can't do that. Oh, the government surely stepped over the boundaries when they enacted this Federal Federal Emergency Act. No, they did not step over the boundaries. And when you look at the Federal Emergency Act, it gives the reasons of why they can enact it. 
public disorder. And if that wasn't, I mean, that was public disorder 101. That Karen Carnival in Ottawa. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it was illegal. There's a protest and there's an occupation. In a protest, you occupy the sidewalk, the park for a day, and then you go home. And then there's an occupation where you come into a city, town, or village and you basically shut it down and you dig in and you use whatever you can to block and blockade everything. That's, that is so illegal, it's not even funny. So I don't know what parts of the, of, of the, you know, I, I'm, I'm skimming, I'm skimming through the, the, um, um, just skimming through the, through here, trying to figure out, I mean, what parts of, of this would they go through here and what would just only a, a apply to them? You know, when you get to the part, you know, we, you know, we have the, the, the right to protest, you know, I mean, okay, so, um, Okay, so what do we do? I mean, okay, we can protest, so... Uh, well, I guess it's fair game. No, it's not fair game when you protest. So I don't I don't know what they pick and choose. I mean, of, of course, you know... Oh, no, the, the uh, mobility rights... You know, just that you know that it would apply to them, right? Everybody else's mobility rights. Nah, no, no, we're occupying this space, and and you can't come through here. They probably looked at that, say, "Oh, mobility rights. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, okay." You know, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, there's just so many, I mean, there's just so much stuff in here that I don't know what they would go and, and pick out that would just, that they think just applies to them. You know, see anything that the government does, see that don't apply to them, right? Any laws they make or, or, you know, any rules that they make and something no that doesn't apply to these people they don't those that 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 kind of stuff that the government does to far-right extremists that not that are activists that doesn't apply doesn't apply to them at all 
you know, oh, here's, here's one here. I don't know if they looked at this one here too. Oh, you know, any member of the public can communicate with uh, and receive services from the federal government in the official language of their choice. The charter does not oblige any member of the public to become bilingual. So, um, to research, to, to receive ser services from the federal government. Wait a minute. These people are activists, but I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you 110% that at some point in their lives, they've received services from the federal government whether it was the Liberal government, the Conservative government, or the NDP government. I'm sure at some point in time in their lives, they were the first to have their hands out for help to, re to receive services. The government has all kinds of services. Oh, but it was the government, according to them, that broke the law. According to them, the federal government broke the law by enacting the Federal Emergency Act. I don't know how they figure that. It wasn't the government out there blockading the roadways, intimidating and harassing, defecating on the war memorial, jumping up and down uh, on the... Uh, Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Defacing the Terry Fox statue. Wasn't the government out there doing that? You know, you know, we have two, two official languages as language in this country of Canada, we have French and English. And sometimes I use, I, I use the other language that is not a, an official language of, of Canada, is that foul language. You know, maybe for them, you know, because, you know, they don't like government. They don't like rules. They don't like laws. They don't think the government has the right to do anything. So, you know, when you, when you, when you call your, your, your local uh, politician, you know, whatever your governor or, or your mayor or, you know, some, some sort of government representative, you know, so for, for these activists, so, you know, when you call, it says press one for English, press two for French. Well, we have press three for foul language for these activists. Because, because to them, you know, that's, that's, that's the way they they'll, 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 they'll communicate.
with government officials. The charters and rights and freedoms were made for everybody. The laws were made for everyone. The government also has to follow the laws. And invoking this Federal Emergency Act, the Prime Minister of Canada had to be really careful. And he had to be really careful on how he was going to use it. Now, if he said he wanted to include the military, he would not have gotten the support from the NDP. The NDP NDP would have said, no way. We have other tools that we can use in the Federal Emergency Act. And we'll leave the military out of it. And they would sit down and they would they would pick out the certain uh, certain certain tools that they're going to use in order to break up this Karen carnival. And of course, the federal government is going to get all the legal advice they possibly can. If they do, if they did decide, and they did decide on invoking the Federal Emergency Act. And if people, you know, it, it, you know, like I said, I mean, if people don't take the time to, um, we don't take, we don't take the time to look things up, you know, and, and do, and do a little bit. A little bit of research. You know, then I know I mean I, I don't know I don't know what to tell you. You know, every province has an emergency act. Every single, every single, 10 provinces and three territories have their own emergency act at the provincial level. But the federal is the biggest and the most powerful one. And it has plenty of tools in their toolbox. And when you have a civil 
disobedient, and that's only one of the criteria that they need. When all other measures failed, uh, you know, starting with the Ottawa Police Department, were they or were they not able to break up that Karen Carnival? Were they able to get the tro the tow truck the the, the, the tow truck companies? to go in and start towing vehicles. They tried and the tow truck companies refused. They want to get their equipment done and they, they want to get their equipment damaged. They didn't want to have their reputation ruined. They didn't want to lose customers. Officers just, you know, officers down there, you know, just you know, making sure that, you know, people, you know, aren't, you know, getting hurt and, and they're, you know, not any danger. You know, and, you know, when... <laughs> They, you know, this was, you know, kind of crafty. I think, you know, I'll, I'll give, I'll give, I'll give these, 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 these organizers a couple things. I mean, they're pretty crafty. You know how they organize this. They even, you know, were able to um, get a tanker, a tanker truck full of diesel for reserves so they could keep filling up these transport trucks, filling up Jerry Canyon, going down and filling up these transport trucks. But even before the Federal Emergency Act was enacted, all that got seized. You know, they had flammable shit all over the goddamn place, wasn't even being stored properly. Bringing children to a volatile situation. Bringing their own children, these truckers and, and these kids are living in these transport trucks for weeks on end. You know, the family and children's services have to go in and investigate. And they were also told to make other arrangements for your children just in case in an event that you are arrested. So at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, this inquiry, like I said, it, after something like this happens and, you know, and, and, and when the government uses these extraordinary powers, 
of the Federal Emergency Act, an inquiry has to be held. And that's law. But it's not, it's not criminal court. And it's something that has to be done, you know, maybe at the end of the day, maybe at the end of these six weeks. And, and, and when the inquiry does come out and say, you know what, some changes needed to be made here, or there's no changes to be made. It's not pointing fingers. It's not pointing fingers. Well, it is kind of, well, they are pointing fingers at one another, but no one in an inquiry, no one's being charged. No one's going to be found guilty because it's not a criminal court. And there was going to be any recommend, uh, recommendations made at the end of the day. You know, but the stories have to be told. And it has to, all the stories have to be heard from everyone involved. Then we all can get a clear picture, you know, of what's been said and if what is going to be done. And we won't find out for a while. And at the end of the day, when the inquiry ends, are people going to feel satisfied they got their say? Do they Are they going to feel any relief? The organizers, what are they going to be saying at the end after they've had their say? I mean, they're going to be questioned too. And they're going to hear all the evidence. They're going to hear from every speaker, 65 to 70 people. And at the, beginning, at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting what these organizers have to say. And I'm sure it's still going to be negative because, because that's who they are. When it comes to government... To them, there's nothing positive. It's always negative. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, we have to wait as as the stories come out. And, and I mean, this inquiry this inquiry begins again on Monday. And as certain groups and, and individuals get up there and and say their piece. I'll be back out here talking about it. Saying who said what. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. It is 11.14 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in Southern Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you for listening.